Season 2 of MuniCast is brought to you by SaskTel's innovation and collaboration team. SaskTel can help you sort through the noise to create solutions that add value quickly. Whether it's reducing your environmental footprint, driving investment, community development, or just saving money, contact your SaskTel account manager to find out more. Live from the Sumo office, this is MuniCast, the municipal podcast that tackles leadership and how mayors and councils like yourself can work with various levels of government. On today's episode, we're very excited to be sitting down with Saskatchewan Minister of Government Relations, Don McMorris. The focus of today's discussion is multi-level governance and how you can utilize the Ministry of Government Relations services for your municipal benefit. There's lots to discuss, so let's jump into it. Welcome, Minister, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, It's great to be part of the MuniCast podcast, and uh, I would like to uh, congratulate SUMA on completing their first successful season of this podcast, and uh, I'm glad to be part of it, especially the second season, I guess. Absolutely. It's uh, it's a joy to have you on, and uh, I know our listeners are really excited for this interview. So I'll start off with our first question. You took over the role of government relations just about a year ago in uh, November of 2020. So since then, we've gone through multiple waves of COVID, a new block of councillors and mayors have entered into municipal politics, and so much more has happened. How do you view your time as minister, and what have you learned over the past year? Yeah, thanks for that question. It's a great question, and I can't believe that it has been a year. I think we were sworn into cabinet on November the 9th of 2020, so a little bit more than a year has passed. You know, since I was given the privilege of being the minister, named the Minister of Government Relations, First Nation, Métis and Northern Affairs, as well as Minister Responsible for the Provincial Capital Commission. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate over my time as an elected official to have held a number of different roles in government and a number of different cabinet positions. And I can tell you that always that first year is a little bit like drinking from a fire hose. There's a lot of information coming at you and uh, some of it, you know, from your past life or experience, but a lot of it, you know, the detail work you learn uh, from ministry to ministry. And uh, I can tell you that this past year has been no different than the other first years that I had different ministry uh, responsibilities, but it has been very, very interesting. Uh, as was mentioned, you know, there's been a whole cycle of a, of a re-election of council, a lot of returning mayors, which brings in uh, continuity and some consistency, but also a lot of new mayors and councils uh, that uh, bring a fresh set of eyes. And, and for a lot of them, if they hadn't served on council or as a mayor before, it would be a learning experience for them. So I guess maybe in a way we've been going through that together uh, and kind of getting our feet grounded as far as uh, government relations. Um, the other area, of course, is First Nations Métis relations, and and the you know some of the uh, issues around that file have been, you know, certainly in the forefront over the past year. Be it the uh, unmarked graves at residential school sites, uh, that type of thing, as well as then the Capital Commission, which is the City of Regina, the you know it used to be Wascana Centre Authority. So. Kind of the three different files, my day is kind of broke up into the three different sections, I guess, of government relations, which is dealing with the different municipalities for the most part, uh, do, dealing with First Nations and Métis issues, as well as in the Provincial Capital Commission. But as I said, with all of it, uh, again, I'm very, very uh, 
I've been very blessed to have really good officials to work with within the ministry, um, you know, of, of the three different areas that spend a lot of time and have had a lot of experience that can kind of walk me through. The one thing that I'd really say is different with this uh, assignment compared to past is that I really valued the in-person briefings that I used to be able to get in previous ministries because of prior to COVID. But since COVID has been forefront in our lives for the last 20 months, but for me, since I have been minister responsible, um, those in-person briefings just haven't happened. We've had maybe one or two smaller ones. I haven't got to know the officials maybe as well as I would like to. And, you know, it, it's not only being brief, but it's a side conversations going into the briefing or coming out of briefings that you learn a lot. Uh, of the officials themselves, but also of kind of the inner workings. And so certainly have missed that. But overall, that's a long answer to probably a short question. What have you thought of the first year? Uh, it has been great. I've learned a lot. I've got to meet a lot of great people. Uh, lots of work ahead of us. But, uh, but for the most part, uh, it's been, it's been a, a real joy. It isn't maybe the file that I thought I would be going into, in my past experience, but I've certainly really, really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to the next year or two or three or however long I get to serve in this position as we move forward. Well, I know our members always do appreciate having someone with experienced background in, you know, Saskatchewan politics coming into the role. And uh, you've certainly shown that you bring kind of a wealth of experience from your previous roles uh, that have really benefited municipal leaders. Now, when we look forward, I want to ask you a couple of questions about the next 10 years. Uh, the municipal sector in Saskatchewan is growing, and the pandemic has really shown that many people have an interest in not only living in the two major urban centers, Regina and Saskatoon, but also many of the smaller urban centers as well. At the same time, municipal leaders across the province are being confronted with a laundry list of upgrades and retrofits that they would like to see happen in their municipality. So where do you think the municipal sector is going over the next 10 years? And how do you think Saskatchewan leaders can plan for it today? Great question again. And I, I think of over the past 10 years, actually 14 years that we've been fortunate to form government in the province, our party, uh, growth has been a key factor uh, in that uh, past 14 years. But I would say growth continues to be our kind of North Star, if you will, as a government moving forward. In fact, we've released the growth plan 2030. Uh, so that's 10 years, uh, nine years, I guess, left in it. And so growth really is by far the most important uh, uh, objective as we move forward. That's kind of how we, that's the lens we look through on any of the decision-making processes that we, uh, that we talk about both within caucus and within cabinet. And when you talk about growth, and especially in the municipal sector, and, and what I've learned again over the past year is, and knowing this before, but how important infrastructure is. You don't grow without proper infrastructure within, you know, whether it's our villages, towns, our cities, or our RMs. The infrastructure investment is extremely important. And I think you've seen that in past budgets, uh, working with the federal government and the uh, our municipal partners, that uh, investing in that infrastructure, whether it's water or, or sewer or roads or bridges or recreation facilities, you name it, uh, fire uh, fire departments, uh, buildings, that type of thing. There is hardly an area that in the province that we, we don't need to continue to invest in infrastructure. So um, it's, it's been great. The ICIP program has been, a, has been a great partnership, both federally and provincially, along with municipalities. 
And we're glad to have uh, released the new intake uh, as of uh, last week. And there'll be a second intake in May uh, for the remaining dollars that was put forward by the federal government. And we, depending on which type of stream it flows in, we will match uh, as well as our, our municipal partners. So continuing that investment in infrastructure as we move forward to position communities for growth. You know, uh, people tend not to want to move into a community unless it's got some real good infrastructure. That might be a rink, that might be a hall, that might be an arts facility, uh, or that might even be proper water and sewer. You know, all of those things, and those are just but a few examples, are extremely important. So in order for our province to meet our growth goals for 2030, we need to continue to invest in infrastructure over the next 10 years and beyond because a lot of our infrastructure certainly is aging. So, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of from the ground level on the infrastructure piece uh, for the municipal sector. I guess the other thing that I would say on the municipal sector moving forward is uh, the whole piece around cooperation and how important cooperation is from the various levels of government. But, but you know, in, in the file that I look after, government relations, you know, that cooperation between community to community, that cooperation between municipality, whether it's an RM to a, uh, to a urban municipality, whether it's First Nations community to those either one of those RMs or urbans, that cooperation is extremely, extremely important. And can we have a duplication of service in every community? I think we've hopefully moved past some of that and look at shared services moving forward, because I think that is extremely important as we move forward over the next 10 years too. And I know the ministry uh, is working uh, to that end and supplying money uh, for communities that want to venture down that area. There is a budget line uh, within government, within government relations that will help some of that cooperation piece, whether it's working together on governance and board training to, uh, you know, I'll say the word a municipal district, where it's a, a number of communities coming together to operate under one municipal district, as opposed to many different municipalities. So. You know, that is the direction I think uh, that uh, government would like to see uh, moving forward. And we're putting some resources behind it. It's kind of new, uh, kind of fresh out of the gate, shall I say. But uh, I think it's uh, an area that we'd be looking at over the next 10 years. There has been work done in that area. I'm not saying that there hasn't, but I think there needs to be more focus put on that moving forward. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought up uh, intermunicipal cooperation and also the idea of infrastructure because Many of our members across the province, they're really kind of innovating and leading the way with this, whether it be on infrastructure projects or uh, even something as simple as waste management, which uh, we worked on with the Ministry of Environment, SARM and uh, SUMA as well. So I, I think there's a lot of great projects that are emerging out of this field and really appreciate you mentioning it. Across the province, Sestel is engaged with many different municipal organizations who seek to innovate. Contact us to learn more about some of these initiatives and how we can help your municipality today. And now, back to the show. Now, moving on to the role of SUMA, SARM, New North, and others. Often, these organizations are seen by our members as helping elevate uh, the voices of municipal leaders to the province on a variety of issues. But many of our members are often wondering how the government actually perceives these vo the voice of these organizations 
and what they believe the role of our organization as well as others province is when it comes to developing municipal policy as well as contributing to uh, municipal affairs. Yeah, so what I would say to that is, and I, I think, again, I'm, I'm relatively new to this chair uh, as the Minister for GR, but I can say that uh, how valuable it is to have input from the organizations, be it SUMA or SARM or the New North, other groups, municipal leaders, especially, not that it isn't, hasn't always been important, but these last 20 months have been something that none of us have gone through. And we're all learning and finding our way through it, including us as a provincial government. And we have lots of resources at our, at, you know, at our fingertips, whether it's the Ministry of Health and, and Dr. Shahab and the great work that he has done. But I have found it so very valuable uh, on weekly calls with City Mayors, Suma and SARM, for example, and the New North. We also do weekly, every maybe every right now, every two weeks with um, mayors from the northern communities. I've met uh, on on a regular basis with uh, you know the the Prince Albert Grand Council, with Meadow Lake Tribal Council, with File Hills. Uh, all those voices are extremely important, always, but especially as we're going through this pandemic. And to hear. Um, you know, we try and get, as MLAs, we try and get out and talk to our constituents as much as possible. But to hear community leaders, such as mayors and councillors, hear from them directly through your organizations, be it SUMA, SARM, or the New North, has been invaluable. I, you know, I can't tell you, I think maybe my, colleague, my colleagues in Cabinet are sick and tired of me going into there and saying, well, I just talked to this city mayor or, or SUMA or SARM, and this is what they're saying. This is what they're hearing from their membership. I think it's been extremely valuable and I think we've made better decisions and there's always a, an argument on how good are the decisions we've made, but better decisions made when we get input from more of our stakeholders and we really do value the, the input that we've got from the three levels, uh, three organizations, as well as then individual phone calls too. There's certainly been a lot of that over the last 20 months, but uh, but extremely important, and I guess what I would say to your membership is how uh, how both the you know the parent organized all three parent organizations, but SUMA for the urbans, uh, SARM for the rurals, and the New North have been uh, carrying the voice forward. And you know, often in in previous years, it would be through resolution, which happens annually. Uh, right now, we can't wait for annual resolutions. We need input kind of on a week to week basis, because quite frankly, things in the province have changed from week to week to month to month. And so that regular input and communication has been extremely important. So just to follow up on that, I know many of our members, they may come kind of with a municipal issue that they don't necessarily know uh, how to contact or, or kind of where to go with it. So if a municipality kind of came across an issue that they felt uh, fell squarely in the role of government relations, what would be the best kind of approach to, uh, to starting to tackle that issue? I think there's probably a couple of avenues, as I would uh, suggest, uh, depending on the size of community and, and where you're at. We have, uh, there are MLAs in every, kind of covering every, every municipality in the province. And, uh, you know, depending on, uh, on the situation, the issue, making sure that your local MLA is up to date and abreast as to what's going on in your community. I'm very fortunate. I represent the uh, constituency of Indian Head Milestone and 
you know, I talked to my mayor in Fort Capel or Indian Head or, or Pilot Butte, Balgoni, uh, any of those communities, Milestone, you know, you name all the different communities, I can name them all, or, or the municipalities, whether the REITs are talking to me or councillors. So I would, you know, suggest that, you know, depending on the issue, being in touch with your local MLA uh, is a very good start and they can, they can uh, raise, elevate the issue to a minister's office. You know, I, I speak as I, I try and have an open door policy that any MLA that comes into my office has priority number one to come and sit in and chat and, and uh, carry the, you know, the, the concern or, or whatever of their community. So that is extremely important. Also are your organizations, you know, uh, sometimes if it's a number of municipalities that have the same interest or concern and it's carried by the provincial organization that certainly carries some weight when it comes to the uh, the minister's office we meet with uh, and and you'll be aware of this but we meet with the executive other ministers not only government relations but other ministers will meet with government with uh, with uh, the executive of suma or sarm on any specific issue so i think there's a couple of avenues that communities can raise their concerns and get directly to a minister and and if it doesn't then we are failing we are failing as a government because as i say those uh, mlas all mlas are, are kind of ear to the ground and if uh, municipal leaders are talking to them directly uh, that's extremely important because that gets to my office if they want to call my office i have both my constituency office or my minister's office we have people waiting to take your call um, and, and start working on whatever the issue may be. Again, I'm going to say that, uh, and I'll put a plug in, but we are very well served. I'm very fortunate with the team over at Government Relations that when we put in requests, the answers come, you know, as quickly as they can possibly get them. And, you know, it's not always the answer that a community wants, but it's being able to get back to a community with, you know, a response as quickly as possible. So I don't know if that answered your question completely, but those are the thoughts that come to mind. I think that provides municipalities with a, a good place to start at the very least. And something that you touched on was uh, the wealth of resources that are provided to municipal leaders by the Ministry of Government Relations itself. Uh, some of the great ones that come to mind are, you know, previous webinars that we've run with, uh, with folks from that office, the 10-minute trainers, uh, as well as just kind of a variety of services that you can find on their website. What would you suggest for a municipal leader who's looking to utilize some of these services and resources and where do you think the best place to start is if they want to get into kind of the municipal training aspects? I, I'll just use my example. Um, you know, I'd served on a couple boards before I got elected, but nothing kind of high profile. I spent a number of years in opposition, but the first first meeting I was sitting in cabinet. I mean, all of a sudden we're the cabinet or the board or the council, you know, in, in municipal terms, whether it's the council, but the cabinet of the province and you know there's some pretty heavy decisions and and procedural processes that you know i i will say that i probably wasn't completely prepared for and and to be able to access uh some education as we we're going through that i i was able to get and take a director's course which was invaluable for me i wished i would have taken that when i first went into cabinet not a few years after i'd been in cabinet but accessing whatever training uh, is available. And I know there's a number of avenues and some through uh, the uh, associations, whether it's SUMA or SARM, uh, I would just kind of encourage uh, counselors to do that. There's also that uh, targeted sector support, which, uh, you know, if 
you know, a, a number of councils want to get together and, and bring somebody in on an education basis, that, uh, that is also available. But the one thing that I will say, however it is and however you can access it, is taking advantage of that, whether it's, as you said, the 10 minute webinars or, or whatever, all of that information just adds. And I think maybe some people come in with maybe a broader set of experiences and, and maybe are more um, ready for the task or can adapt. Uh, there are others that uh, certainly are, it's new to them and they're learning. And uh, so if you can kind of speed that learning process off by augmenting it through uh, different courses, I think uh, that would be very valuable. And uh, I know uh, SUMA would be a great resource to start that process. And I know there are some there are some governance courses through the U of R and the U of S as well. Uh, so there are a number of avenues that uh, councillors uh, can look at. And I don't have the exact kind of phone numbers or locations, but I would be a strong proponent of, you know, accessing any sort of, uh, you know, continuing education. That would help you with your role as a mayor or councillor uh, is extremely important and quite often the administrators uh, have a pretty good understanding of what's available out there as well i mean they're the ones that are you know are dealing with uh, municipal governance on a daily basis councillors and mayors tend not to it's it's a part-time piece whereas administrators and that's why i always say with my uh, with not my but the officials at government relations who deal with gr matters you know, 24 sevens, uh, I tend not to, I'm dealing with, you know, constituency obligations. So not my whole attention is government relations where theirs is, as is with uh, administrators. So accessing their knowledge base too is very helpful. So much like yourself, as we mentioned, many new councillors are rounding the corner on their first year in office. And many of these leaders are starting to consider how they can use the rest of their term to make a meaningful impact in their community. So what final advice do you have for any mayors or councillors who are completing their first term? And how do you think they can best make a meaningful impact in both their hometown, but also Saskatchewan as a whole? You know, I guess I'd start by saying thank you very much for your first year if you're a new councillor. Uh, it probably seems like a bit of a whirlwind. And you've probably had to, I've said this to many of our first time MLAs because we had a number elected for the first time in uh, October of 2020. And I, I, I've talked to as many of them as I can. And I've, I've told them I've been elected for 21 years. This last year is like no other of the 20 previous. And for you uh, new councillors, some of the decisions that you've had to make or mayors uh, in a first year are probably some of the toughest you'll have to make. We've moved uh, you know, and as we can debate this, whether it's right or wrong, but we've allowed municipalities to make so many of those decisions that would affect their own municipality, i.e., you know, mandatory vac or vaccination, proof of vaccination or negative tests for employees. Uh, what you're doing in your own uh, civic facilities, uh, those are all tough decisions to make. And probably uh, I, would, I would suggest some of the toughest you'll make in your career as a municipal councillor, Mayor Reeve. Um, because I know it from my experience, they are some of the most difficult decisions I've had to be part of um, in, in my terms as, as an elected official. So first of all, thank you very much for what you've done over the past year. And I would say moving forward, how important it will be to continue to work and learn kind of the role of a councillor or mayor, but also learn from your colleagues. 
uh, learn your community, learn the needs and the priorities of the community and try and as best as possible understand what where the you know the your constituents or ratepayers i guess in in that term you know where they're coming from and what's important to them in their uh, in their life and in their community the community that you're representing them into as well as then continue to look at opportunities to work with other communities uh and learn from other communities what they have done what's worked in other communities we don't always have to reinvent the wheel from community to community uh, often, you know, some of the struggles or challenges we may be going through uh, in a certain community has already been breached in another community. And so what can we learn from our neighboring communities as well, neighboring councillors, neighboring mayors, uh, some of that have probably had uh, quite a bit of experience and not that experience is everything because new fresh set of eyes is extremely important. But I, I think, again, continuing to work with uh, um, neighboring councils and and uh, understand what they're going through as well as then understanding your community as best you possibly can. You know, serving the public is not always the easiest and I want to thank everyone for putting their name on a ballot. Uh, that is not an easy choice to put your name out there. Uh, and I would say maybe more now than ever, I would say that with, uh, you know, some of the social media that's available, uh, some of the public scrutiny that goes on is, it, it makes it tough. And I, I just want to applaud all of you for uh, putting your name forward. Uh, and hopefully, um, you know, if, if you've enjoyed your one term, you move on to second and third term because uh, it isn't the easiest job uh, for sure. And, uh, but it, it is extremely, extremely valuable. You know, I, you just can't overestimate the uh, importance of, of strong people putting their name forward that want to serve their community or the general public uh in a in a kind of in a leadership role so thank you for that and if there is any way that we can as a provincial government or i can uh through the ministry of government relations or personally uh you know uh, have a conversation that may help uh in the future we're certainly more than willing to uh make ourselves available because again you know um that's our job serving the public and it doesn't matter whether it's a general public whether it's elected public whoever that's our job. And so, uh, you know, we're here to serve and our government hopefully has that uh, attitude uh, moving forward. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for the work that you've all done. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Minister, for joining us today. It was truly a pleasure to have you on the show. And I know with municipalities in the province uh, having this unique dynamic, I'm sure our members have taken a lot out of this conversation. So we really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you again in the future. Great. Thanks so much, Sean, for uh, making this happen. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of MuniCast. We sure hope you've enjoyed listening to the season so far. And if you have any suggestions on how we can improve, drop us a line and let us know. Stick around for the rest of Season 2 as we have some amazing guests coming up later in the season, including University of Manitoba academic Negan Sinclair talking about Indigenous governance, Saskatel talking about bringing broadband to your community, and former Saskatchewan Premier Lauren Calvert talking about leadership on the provincial level. Coming up next, we're very excited to be sitting down with SUMA President Roger Hayward. He's going to be sitting down with myself and Stephanie Barassa, Education and Events Coordinator for SUMA, to discuss municipal leadership on the provincial level. 
So join us for that conversation and we look forward to seeing you soon. And now here's a sneak peek. I got into municipal governance uh, because I wanted to give back to my community. I always thought it, it's a great way to, to give something back and work for your community, no matter how big or small. And I think all of us in as mayors and councillors, we just want to make our communities the best they, they possibly can be.